Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Alexander from Squish Gym in San Juan Capistrano, California. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Very good. Thank you for asking. How about yourself? I'm good. Excited to have you here to learn more about what to do over there. Before we kind of dive into the business side, the nitty gritty details, give us a little bit of background. Ultimately, what was it that led to you going and opening up Squish Gym? Well, it all started off by, you know, starting off working at the commercial gym. I was having a lot of clients. The gym was taking about 85% of the money and giving me 15% of the profit. And so I decided that I want to keep it at all. So I went independent. I brought my clients with me, kept growing my list of clients, and the natural progression was to open up a gym. Okay. So um, now you've opened up the gym. Give us your elevator pitch of Squish Gym, who you are, what services you provide over there. Really paint a picture so our listeners understand um, what you guys do. So Squish Gym is a training facility. We offer basically a state-of-the-art facility where we have all the newest machines, all the best equipment. Um, basically, as soon as something is released, I normally get this for my facility. And everyone has an individualized program here based on their particularities. And so we do sports specific training, we do longevity training, we have uh, pregnant moms, and we also do young kid athlete programs. And so basically, we offer individual training programs. I like the idea of the individualized training. It's like one of my favorite modalities in this industry because health and fitness for for many people is super intimidating they don't know where to begin so if we can build a custom approach that's going to help them achieve whatever goals that they have in mind it's the perfect recipe for success um so that's like kind of the primary service that you, service that you guys offer is it mostly one-on-one is it mostly semi-private what would you say the split is it's it's mostly semi-private um the the individuality of the programs goes up to squat stance, right? Because for example, when clients come here, we do the hip test to determine the natural width of their squat. And then um, everything is basically adapted to the anthropometry of the individual. If they have long femurs, it's accounted to in their movements and it's taught to them on how to perform those movements better for their physiology. And so while we do have beginners coming into the facility, most of the population that comes to train here have been through three, four trainers before, have been through multiple sports programs. And most of the population here also has come by referral, to, which is our main way of, of getting people to come into our facility. And basically everything has been grown by referral. Okay. I mean, that was good. that's definitely going to be a topic that we're going to discuss here in a second. Um, but talk to us, you know, how many trainers do you have working under the roof of the facility right now? So we're at four trainers in the facility, and then everyone has their own levels of individual business, and then they come together when we're training the classes. Okay. So basically, you have trainers that are training under your roof, but running their own businesses. Is that correct? For their one-on-ones, yeah, and they pay rent. And so I don't, I don't like messing with people's one-on-ones. However, any trainer wants to manage their one-on-ones as their business. That's kind of like their art. But for the groups, that's when everything has to be done in in the system that we have developed. So with the trainers paying rent, is everybody, like, how do you decide the monthly rent that they're going to pay? Is it the same for everybody? Is it dependent on how many clients they're training? How exactly does that work? One, one third of what they make. Okay. And it just keeps it simple. Okay. Um, and what, like, what exactly made you decide to utilize this model to, um, okay, so when we, <laughs> let me kind of rephrase this. When we have trainers training for, in our facility, 
there's usually two different types of models, right? The barbershop model, which is kind of what you're following or like, hey, we employ you, we help feed you leads. If you're succeeding, we're succeeding type thing. What made you decide to kind of say, all right, you deal with your own personal training clients, you run your own business and we'll kind of, you know, provide the space? Well, a big part of it has to do with the fact that I want happy people around me. And yeah. so when people are employed and they're receiving an hourly wage, they will be motivated depending on how much they get on their hourly wage. And so if they get $20 an hour, they will provide $20 an hour of work. And that's not what I want. And so if someone has a one-on-one -on -one and they receive two-thirds of the money from that one-on-one, -on -one, they will be self-motivated to keep that client. And so they will put in the work to try to keep that client because that's how they're making all of their money. And if they don't have their client, they don't make money. And so making people responsible for their work by having them have a bigger share of the pie makes me have to policy them less. And so I can just simply do my own thing and they will be self-responsible. And, and I think that is a much more worry-less approach for me. If I ever had a huge facility and I wanted to milk money out of the system, I would probably try to do the other system of paying the trainers hourly because that's more profitable for the facility. But I want colleagues and comrades, I don't want employees because I don't want that power mechanic. That's why we chose that particularity for here. Okay, so to clarify, are they going out and finding their own clients or are you um, feeding them like the leads, the referrals? Well, both of them. And oh. so I'll feed them leads. And at the same time, you know, they got to hustle and do their own thing. And uh, whether they do it or not, it's their business. Like, um, it, it's basically I scratch your back, you scratch my back type of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, how I see it is like, if if our trainers are succeeding, then our business is, is thriving. Um, so we kind of want to have that like symbiotic relationship where it's like, hey, I help you, you help me, we grow together. Exactly. Uh, okay. So, you know, you mentioned there that, you know, you're getting most of your clients in through referrals. Is that the only method that you guys use to find new clients? We actually have a pretty extensive marketing uh, strategy. Um, we have an individual person that does our marketing. She does our videos. We do a round table every month to set up what the content is going to be, what is it going to be about, how much of it is educational, how much of it is going to be for gigs and laughters. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we post it out on our Instagram and we've gotten some clients from there. And so I like to envision referrals and marketing as two systems that coexist. With a referral system, you're basically tapping into the social circle of the person that's doing the referral. And so every person has a limited capacity of referrals. If a person is very social, they might be able to give you 10 referrals, which are great clients. But if someone is uh, more on the private side, they might just be able to give you one referral. And so every extra referral is opening up another social circle. But the ones that are really worthwhile is the little ones you get through marketing and that are outside of the circle of the gym, because those open entirely different social realms. So for example, I had one of my girls come in from UC Irvine, which is a university about an hour north of the gym. And she came to train, she saw her ads and she tried it out. And it turns out that this girl had a lot of friends. And so she brought six other girls with her, right? Mm -hmm. And so that was a very fortunate non-referral joining that produced referrals. But about 90% of the business is referral. The other 10% is this, all these outside reach efforts, you know, marketing, Instagram, Facebook, uh, papers and cars, going in front of gyms and putting papers in the cars, giving out cards, etc. Yeah. So when it comes to referrals, essentially referrals are word of mouth. And as a business owner, there's no better method to grow because it's free. We just have to have a really awesome service and naturally our clients are going to go and talk about us. So it feels pretty good. That's right. You can grow through referrals, yep. but it is hard to predict that growth because there's months where we'll get several referrals and then there's months where we're only going to get a couple. 
how do you guys kind of um, predict your revenue and your growth utilizing, you know, 90% referrals? So in our case, we cannot predict our growth because of what you just said. Referrals are totally unpredictable. However, we can predict that the revenue is going to stay the same because our retention rate is about 90%. And so I think I lose a client maybe once every three months. And so the reason why I have such a low, uh, so uh, such a low loss of clients is because all the programs are individualized. And so everyone feels like they're being treated and being paid attention to. And I think this is one of the biggest flaws of most gyms is that you become part of the blob and then people, do, they stop paying attention to you. You're just one more of the pack. And that, you know, my gym, its population right now is at about 85 to 90 people. But each one of those 80 to 90 people have a program. And then classes are no bigger than 12 people, 12 people big. And so everyone feels like they're getting some form of individualized attention. And I think that's what makes all the difference. So yes, uh, the problem with referrals is that it is not predictable. Sometimes I've gotten up to 15 referrals in a month and other times I get nothing. But uh, I think the part that you can make predictable is the retention. And then that, and again, that depends on how kick-ass your customer service is. I mean, as long as I think retention and growth go hand in hand because there are gyms that are growing at a very rapid rate, but they're also losing members at the same rate and they're never actually truly growing. So as long as we have a great service where we're really providing value to our clients, they are getting everything that they need in order to see success then they're going to stick around. Um, and then we're going to grow every time that we get a new member. It's like a real growth rather than kind of like win one, lose one, win one, lose one. Yeah. The, uh, the way that I see it, a successful client is the one that refers someone. Mm -hmm. So you just get someone and they stick around and they're a client. That's great, but it's not a successful client until you get that client to refer. Okay. And so... And it's part of the sales process, right? Like the sales process is not just getting the person to sign up, it's getting that person to start convincing her parents to sign up and then the brother and the sister and so forth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, if if we can get them to talk about us, it says a lot about their happiness um, in, in the program. Um, if they, they feel that they can trust us so much that they refer somebody that they care about, um, that's a pretty big deal. And so referrals have been big for you. Um, you mentioned um, that you do um, some other marketing efforts. Is social media something that you guys utilize at this point at all? Yeah, that's our that's our main our main marketing strategy. Um, there have been some people that have been dropping off the system, uh, especially lately that don't have an Instagram anymore. Uh, younger generation don't even touch Facebook, and so. It definitely has limited capacity nowadays compared to before, but it's still effective. I mean, you know, it, it, when it comes to training, at the end of the day, the best step of marketing is when you get a client come in and three months, six months later, they look great. And then they're just walking billboards. And so I, that I think is the main basis of why we get so many referrals. Mm -hmm. And so... As, as And the, the issue specifically with marketing or Instagram, I use it more to reinforce the projection to people who are already looking at us. And so while it might sometimes produce cold calls, I feel that what it does is that the people that have been following the page and are on the, on the verge of making a decision might all of a sudden see a promotional video and say, okay, that looks so cool. I want to join up. Mm -hmm. So um, I want to kind of like flip the conversation so we don't run out of time here. I think that you have like a really smart kind of knowledge of the business side um, of, of the operations in, in, a, in a gym here. Um, so I want to ask you, what would you consider to be your biggest business related bottleneck or challenge? What, um, you know, if you kind of had a look at the business, what's like that one thing that you feel you still are working to um kind of perfect and accomplish 
it's getting good personnel. That is the hardest thing ever. Uh, because when you're where your business, then you're focused on customer service and quality of service. You can't just hire anyone. And so uh, it is so difficult nowadays to find people, one, that want to work hard. Not necessarily that they want to work, but they want to work hard. Uh, number two, that they are going to enjoy the work. And number three, that they're actually willing to give themselves unto others. Because... Training in, in the realm of physical improvement is all about taking people to the path of being better. And so you need to have a certain spirit of nobility to want to help others. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people in this business who are too vain or too narcissist to be able to actually be interested in other people. And so finding good, good uh, trainers with that have the spirit and the ability to change and transform is very difficult. Mm -hmm. I think that um, when it comes to personnel and in hiring in this industry, my biggest thing is that certifications and things like that, they can be earned, but things that can't be taught are like basic personality and human communication. 100%. Um, and that's what makes it really difficult is like what I found is we can have the perfect person on paper, but then we meet them and there's like no um, interpersonal communication skills. They don't know how to talk to the clients. They don't know how to listen. They don't know how to like, and, and that's what makes things really, really difficult. Um, ideally, how many more trainers would you like to have in the facility? Uh, right now, I'd like to have two more. Two more. Um, yeah, and um, but like none of them can pass the, the test. And so normally what I do is uh, if I, I'm going to try and hire a trainer, I train them for one hour and I see how they react. And that tells you everything. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it is um, it is an unfortunate thing. Uh, what you're saying is exactly true. Like they can have all the certifications in the world, but they don't know how to treat people. And so in my case, like, I don't even care whether they have a certification or not, because I'll train them in-house. But, but what I care is whether they have the actual spirit of service, and because that is something you can teach. Yeah, no, definitely. I come from, I come from a hospitality background, so not a fitness background. Um, exactly. In hospitality, so like service and that level of service that people come into the gym like I want them to experience something I don't want it to just be like hey this is a gym you're gonna work out and you're gonna leave like, I want it exactly. to be a memorable experience and our level of service to be far different than any other gym that you're gonna walk into in our area and you know you have to have the right staff to be able to pull that off and of course like the right training procedures like we have to pour time into our employees if we want them to be to be good yes for sure yeah um okay so to kind of flip that, I like to ask, I'm such a visionary. So I like to ask, you know, ideally you have a magic wand, all your dreams, all your goals come true. What would that picture look like for you? Well, probably around a 10,000 square foot facility. I would have an individual court for each one of the sports that I want people to train. I will have a physical therapy area added into the facility. And then what I would do is I would offer integrative training packages where the person is coming to train, for example, let's say for soccer, and they'll be able to train all the skills for soccer, but the way training is going to be done in-house and pre-programmed for that specific sport. And so that's kind of like the, the big dream on functionality on how it would work. And then based on that, obviously, put some electrodes around the athlete and start measuring different measures of muscle activation and be able to produce some literature. I'm particularly interested in the field of pain. And I know that if we had the resources for it, we could buy the machines to be able to read those type of electrical activations and be able to write a little bit about the psychological management of pain on the athlete. Because uh, I, I haven't seen a lot of literature that's integrative or practical in nature. There's a, there's very good research of it that talks about the phenomena in general, but not necessarily a system that tries to standardize it. So that's that's the big dream, basically. Yeah. 
Um, and so, you know, in order to make this something that happens sooner rather than later, I know off air, you mentioned like maybe five, 10 years down the road, this is where you think that you're going to take things. What do you have to really hone in and focus on right now as the business currently stands to, to make this a reality for you? Definitely the personnel. Um, I need to find a way to clone myself. And so uh, once I am able to find someone that can do uh, a big chunk of the responsibilities that I can do, then that can permit the growth of the business to explode. And so one of the things that happens when you start your own business is that you, the main business owner is the one that does everything, right? And it's also the one that knows how to do everything the best way because they're the one with the most experience. And so that is a virtue and it's also the main barrier point with being able to grow the business into a bigger point because I'm only one person. There's only so many people I can service. And so part of what I'm doing right now with my existing uh, trainers is teaching them what I know so that they can replicate it. And at some point teaching them so well that they could replace me. And so once I manage that, then I, I will be able to grow the business faster. Yeah, it's just about getting kind of the right systems in place so that like you don't have to, like for you, you can only be in so many places at one time. You can only be doing so many things at one time. So we have to get the systems in place so that our personnel can really duplicate some of those things that we're doing in the same manner that we do them. We want it to be replicatable. We don't want it to be like, mm -hmm. hey, when we're not there, when we're not the one involved in this part of the business, it looks completely different. Um, what piece of advice would you give somebody who maybe just got started in, you know, opening up their own fitness business? Uh, don't take loans. Um, basically, uh, try to pay whatever you're going to do with existing revenue. Like the number one advice I can give anyone that's going to open up a gym is don't open your gym thinking people are just going to come to it because that doesn't happen. <laughs> And so you have to have already a referral system in place before you open the gym. You have to have people following you before you open the gym. Do not have to really sweat it out and have an extreme amount of stress on top of you. And there are some people that make it work, right? Like I believe Alan Thrall, for example, um, he opened up his gym uh, without having anyone training with him. And he describes in his particular journey how hard it was to get it running, how much he worked. And it's cool that it worked for him, but there's for a lot of people that it don't work that way. And so for me, I opened my gym already having revenue and already making enough to buy the machines. And so if I took loans out, I already had ways of paying them off. And so that would be the main advice that I give to people. Definitely a good um, reminder. I think in the very beginning, we can be easily distracted by like all the things that we want to do. And it's easy to just say, oh, I'll go take out a loan to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. um, but just making sure that we have those expenses covered up front. Um, we have revenue flowing into the business before we even open our doors. Very, very smart. Um, where can our listeners go if they're interested in learning more about what you guys do over at Squish Gym? Well, you guys can always follow me on my Instagram. I'm at, at Alex Squish Gym and also my webpage, uh, squishgym.com. And we have most of our stuff there on our Instagram. We have a lot of educational content. Uh, and you guys have any questions, can always DM me away. Easy enough for us to find. Thank you so much for being here, for spending time with us. And listeners, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, please hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description. Our team will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. 
You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us, we have Fred Hempstead of Club One Studios coming to you from Scarborough, Ontario, Canada. Fred, what's going on, my man? How are you today? I'm all right. So? I'm doing tremendously. I'm excited to dive into this. I always enjoy this kind of conversation, especially recently with Ontario gym owners, because it feels like now that they're able to operate we have this optimism we have this fantastic view of the world after coming out of such a dark period of time but fred before we venture out into the business conversation and all that you do operationally to grow this thing give us a little bit of a description when you talk to people about club one what do you tell them how what is this facility about um so club one i, I create a little bit different so i, I created Club one more of a mindset from a trainer's perspective because of my training background. Um, so we, we rent space at two trainers and we allow people to get memberships at our club. And this allows trainers to have their one-on-one with their clients, but also gives them the opportunity to be amongst day-to-day gym members to help bolster their business. Uh, when I went private from a box gym, I went to a PT only facility And when I needed clients or wanted to grow my business, um, I didn't have that opportunity that I had before. Uh, So I I created the facility from that perspective. And then I expanded by trying to bring in as many um, services that would complement that uh, health health lifestyle, such as like dietitians, life coaches, uh, supplements, so that people can come to one facility and accomplish their health goals and meet all their needs under one roof rather than driving all over town to pick up supplements and get a massage here and go work out here. And they just come to one, one spot. Yeah. The, the one-stop shop has become a, a really profitable, if done well model within the industry. Take us back a little bit to not necessarily the day that the doors opened, but the day that the idea popped into your head, Hey, I'm going to open up my own business what was going on for you and, and what was the goal with this whole thing at the beginning? So I had worked at a big box gym uh, for many years. Um, wasn't overly enthused with the direction that that business was, was headed. Um, so I went private, I went to a PT only facility and I heard great promises of great things that, you know, what the facility was going to bring cleanliness uh, equipment wise all these things, but uh, they never came into fruition. And after about a year of, you know, renting space, but doing a lot of uh, cleaning, washing floors and stuff, which I thought was kind of crazy from a tenant's perspective, I I got really frustrated with the whole situation. And I was kind of given the the feedback of like, uh, well, so sad, too bad, they didn't really care. Uh, Which is one of the reasons I left the the big box stream. Like people, you know, they don't care about people. It's just about the, the bottom line, right? Which obviously is important as a business, but... I think you have to take care of people and people will take care of you. So I had a, uh, a client of mine actually really pressed me to join with her and open up our own facility and making corrections with things that I've noticed over the years that I thought were, were not up to par for what gyms should offer their, their members. So we, we decided to go ahead with this, this venture and we started sourcing out equipment and signing leases and all this stuff. And then just, just as that started happening, COVID struck. <laughs> not ideal timing here no (laughs) no and so a little bit of a pause on everything i assume when were you actually able to have your opening or or get this thing rolling so uh when we moved into our facility we actually started from scratch uh in our unit so we had to rip everything down do a lot of construction so we we're able to maintain that schedule as much as possible during the, the beginning of COVID. And a lot of ups and downs, and we ended up opening, but every time we opened, like, we never had like a, a grand opening. Like every time we had a window to open our business and start growing and, and prospering, like we, we took that opportunity. And in Ontario, it's crazy. We'd open for like three weeks and they shut us back down. So get, get right back. It was yeah. like two years of that. So 
one of our saving graces, we have a physio program that allows um, members to work with one-on-one -on -one with a personal trainer, uh, provided they have some kind of issue, lower back, knees, or whatnot, which most people do anyways. Uh, physio is considered an essential service. So during the two years, we did a lot of physio service, which allowed people to get uh, okay. in the fitness facility. Yeah. Yeah. So at the very beginning, we're already financially in the hole. We had a big build out and then not really able to operate. It's It's got to be tough as a business owner. And you mentioned getting away from the traditional quote unquote big box model because of it being so financially focused and i think i mean on the the continuum of the fitness industry if we have incredibly money focused on one side and pure passion and sunshine and rainbows on the other side i think the best conversations that i have are typically somewhere in the middle right we need to pull from both sides of that you said take care of people and they'll take care of you a hundred percent true now that you've been able to operate for a little while what's been your favorite part about running your own business and then after that tell me about what's been the toughest part about running your own business not using the COVID thing right we already established that uh well it's been quite a journey so like we've been open for two and a half years uh but we have no like status quo like because we we just kind of passed COVID three four months ago so we're we're still finding our, our footing on on a lot of procedures, like because of the craziness of, of COVID policies and procedures that typically we try and put in place right away, like got totally ignored just because we were sidetracked with dealing with so many other issues. Um, but that's behind us. So like sometimes I'll talk to vendors and they'll be like, what's what's the, the status quo of this or that? And it's like, we can't really even tell you what that is yet because we, we haven't been in business long enough. Um, plus uh, I bought my partner out a couple months ago. So that's so it's been crazy uphill battle all time through. It's like saying you have your own business, but it, it is a tremendous workload. And then it just got worse. Uh, once I became sole owner, very quickly I had to automate a lot of processes just to make my life uh, manageable. Yep. And so the, the tried and true story in the fitness industry, you found yourself wearing a lot of hats right? You are suddenly owner, operator, head janitor, director of marketing, salesperson. You are all of these things. Talk to me a little bit about the, the model of this, right? The service that we're putting out, the reasons that people come to us. Give me a quick rundown of, of what's available should I walk through your doors. Yeah, so every, every member that comes comes in and, and rolls, like automatically, we do an onboarding session with them. They get a complimentary session uh, with a dietitian, a life coach. We have uh, a scanner, it's called 3D Fit, and does a 3D rendering of the member. Gives them a posture analysis, their weight, body fat, health metrics. Uh, so we, we try and start every member off with, with as much information as possible so they can fully understand their, their starting position and kind of track out their their path to success and give them a metric so they can measure that success to make sure that they are being successful month to month and you know if they're not then they know they they're they're missing some steps and we have professionals here we do as a dietitian or personal trainer to make sure that whatever needs correction can get corrected yeah and so a lot right you already mentioned the the one-stop shop but many different tangible services not just here's access to the gym, best of luck. We have a number of different things to really guide people into the direction. For, for you recently, now that you do have the ability to operate, what's been working from a marketing standpoint just to get people into your doors in the first place? How are you able to, to generate leads on the front end? So marketing, I think, is, has been our biggest challenge. One of the things that we we don't have that most other gyms have is we're not off like a main strip road. So a lot of big box gyms or they're, they're right up the highway. You, you pass them every day. You see them. So we're, we're really a fitness destination. Like if you wouldn't stumble upon us by accident, we're, we're on a back street type type ordeal. So oddly enough, the, the marketing that seems to be doing the best for us is old school, like door to door flyers, door knockers, stuff like that actually seems to work better for us. Uh, than our, our social media marketing efforts. Yeah. Why do you think that it hasn't worked on, on the digital side of things? Um, 
I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, again, like we, we did a lot of different marketing avenues during COVID, but like nobody's really looking for a gym during a, a lockdown and a pandemic. So um, it, it's really hard to say it. We're definitely not a, um, a discount facility. So mm. part of it, I would say was, is the clientele that we're trying to reach is not so much social media driven. I think that's a really, really good point. Any kind of conversation that you and I have on marketing needs to keep in mind who we're marketing to, right? We need to be able to speak to that kind of avatar. And for you, it sounds like this is a, a little bit more affluent of a demographic. They're looking, or at least they're willing to spend a little bit more on their health and their fitness. So far, we haven't found success throughout the social media route. We found a little bit more through kind of what we term guerrilla marketing, if you will, pounding the pavement, right? Getting out and getting in front of people. Take me to the next step in the process here, Fred. I want to hear about when someone's interested in joining the gym, what's that sales process look like for them to eventually sign up? Is there a trial on the front end? Are they meeting with somebody? What's that typically, how does that function? So for the most part, I, I take care of any uh, interested parties. I, I give them a tour of the facility, explain our services, the dietitian, the wellness coach, and all those other things that they get automatically with their membership, as well as the options that they have to, to utilize after. I'm really hands-on with that right now, um, just because of, of my staffing being undereducated in a sales perspective. Uh, but I try and have that personal touch and walk everybody through personally. So they're meeting, is it you that, that's handling the majority of these conversations? That's right. Okay. What's your general feel on sales? I find that having, having a conversation with people in our industry, a lot of the time people shy away, say, hey, I'm not a salesperson, or people either get really excited uh, at the idea of signing people up and helping people. But how, what's, your, what's your general sense and, and what type of salesperson are you? that makes sense uh i'm not a huge fan of sales myself uh yeah. even in my training days i never considered myself a salesperson but when i really drove um as a pt i i would just provide solutions to problems and, and sales kind of just manage themselves I, I started closing a lot of my my opportunities at that point mm -hmm. so i kind of have the same mentality here now that i'm selling gym memberships as i'm, I'm providing solutions so even tours end up leading to be somewhat of a consultation to find out what their problems are, what they're looking for in a facility, what they think has been missing in the past. And we try and show how we can close those gaps for them to help them be successful in their fitness journey. Yeah. And typically uh, that'll close the deal. Cause, cause uh, you know, bargain gyms don't offer those kind of things that you're really left on your right. own. And then people are just lost. And all of that is, is taking place before we're talking dollars and cents or any kind of exchange right you've got, you're pouring a lot into each and every person for you looking forward now that we've got members signing up and coming back what do you think is going to play the most into retention and the longevity of people maintaining their membership uh i think maintaining like essentially the promise like we're very big on cleanliness here uh it's a thing that i think people have an oversight of, but once they start training in the facility, they start noticing more and more things. So we're really big on cleanliness, COVID or not COVID, it doesn't really matter. Uh, and we're always trying to upgrade our, our class offerings, our equipment. So I, I feel like uh, facilities I've been working with in the past, uh, they have their base status quo and that, and that is what you get forever. Uh, so we're always trying to add in, you know, bring in new equipment, bring in leading edge uh, equipment, ideas, you know, red light therapy, stuff like that. So we're always, investigating and, and pulling in as much as possible to continuously offer more and more to our members. Yeah. I think it's, it'll be interesting to see how that shapes up. I think now that people are back in person in fitness facilities, not just in Ontario, but all over, it's going to, to be a challenge, right? There's a lot more competition. People are expecting different things, but what you're saying we're investing in the service, right? We're making sure that new and better and whatever else is available is, is in front of our clientele so that they can use it to keep them bought in for the long term. As you look forward here, Fred, it's, it's an interesting question because as you said before, we've been open for two and a half years, but 
we're still kind of getting our bearings about us because it's not a straight two and a half years that's been periodized throughout there. What do you see the future of this business shaping up as? Where do you see Club One a year from now, two years from now, five years from now? Uh, I would love to see some expansion, like uh, not only in the facility, like I, I have ideas and things that I want to expand on a current location, uh, but I definitely would, would like to see new, new locations pop up with the same mindset with we're taking care of privatized trainers, uh, bringing in as many health benefits as possible. You hear about these uh, wealthy individuals that can afford these, these newer age um, tools or equipment. And I, I think like, just because you're not wealthy, you shouldn't, you should still be able to have access to as many tools as possible to improve your health. And that's what we're trying to do. You're trying to bring in all these tools so that anybody who's interested in, in taking advantage of every health improvement they can, that they, that they will have access to it. Yeah. Big picture. I, I, this is my favorite question out of all. Hypothetically, we, we've got a really busy facility. Things are going well. People are utilizing all of these extra services. We've got a staff built out. Everybody's having a good time. What comes next for you? Brett, have you explored the idea of multiple locations or a bigger location? Are these things swimming around in your mind? Or, or I guess, what's the, what's the dream hand you a, a magic genie lamp kind of situation? Uh, my, my first goal is to, to expand my current location. Uh, okay. And then from there, expand quantity of locations. But uh, right now, like uh, it's focused on today. Don't want to get too far. Too far right, ahead. right, um, right, right. But uh, the expansion of the facility is, is my primary goal, hopefully in the next year or two. Yeah, it's a, it's a hypothetical no more. But I agree with you. I think it's have a direction to head into, but what, what can we take care of today to make sure that we're trending in that direction? Fred, that's a fantastic place for us to wrap our conversation up. But before we sign out of here, Tell the people listening where they can learn a little bit more about Club One. What's the best website? What's the best social media? Where can they find you? Uh, so that's really simple. So our website's uh, clubonestudios.com. All our hashtags for like Instagram, Facebook is Club One Studios. So it's very simple. Uh, but yeah, we're on every platform. So you can uh, find us very easily. Simple and straightforward. Man, I, I really appreciate your contribution to this. I think that gym owners need this type of of real honest discussion both hearing it and participating it so i appreciate what you're doing here i'm excited to see what the future holds for club one because it sounds like you guys are, are starting to gather some momentum and get this thing rolling so i wish you nothing but the best and, and i'm excited to see where this goes for you thanks for having me joe absolutely to everyone who tuned in today thank you as well don't forget if you'd like to be notified about future episodes hit like and subscribe if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Craig Taylor with United Strength out of the UK. 
Craig, what is going on, man? How are you feeling today? Hey, JJ. Yeah, all good, buddy. Glad to be awesome. here. There we go. Yeah, we appreciate you being here. We're excited to have you on. And uh, I think we're about ready to dive into the nitty gritty here of what you have going on in the uh, in, with United Strength here. But uh, let's kind of give the viewers some perspective, right? If we can, let's take a step back and, and you know, start with a very basic question. You know, Craig, how many members are you serving currently? We're a, a pretty small operation. So at the minute, we are pushing about 100 members. Um, realistically, and with well, capacity-wise, we could probably only get another 50, 75 members in the gym anyway. So not looking to be some enormous fitness outfit, just trying to be a small local community gym, uh, offering a good service, a strong community, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and no, I agree. I was, I was the same way. I never wanted that monumental gym. Um, and so... You know, I'm, I'm kind of curious here, Craig, I mean, every gym is different. So but what, what's been the best method of getting new people interested in coming through your doors for you guys? 100% this is referrals from our members. So like I said, I mean, community will be a common thread throughout, I'm sure, many questions that we go through over the next however long we, uh, we spend talking together. Um, we're just massive on community. It's kind of our number one priority. We want people to come through the door and feel like they're part of a family, not just a membership to any old gym. They're coming in, they're seeing friends, the coaches know them by name, they're doing stuff outside of the gym. So really, when they when they come into their gym and they feel like they've got that strong sense of community, they wanna share it with their friends outside of the gym as well. And that there has just been the number one key for us moving forward. Well, when we first started, we kind of, uh, hit the ground running coming out of lockdown got quite a few members through the door i think people were keen to get back on the fitness train uh get back into a gym but then from there it just kind of really took off when people saw that sense of community really felt like they were back at, at home and um and started telling all their friends about it you know we had some members that would bring 10 12 people in not all of them stuck, stuck around as members and but you know the challenge is always getting people through the door showing them what you're all about so that referrals and word of mouth has just been kind of really the, the main thing that we've, that we've benefited from. Yeah, completely. And I, I think it's going to be uh, an asset to any business for years to come, right? I mean, it eliminates that trust factor. And I think it's pretty simple to get somebody who comes Hey, I spoke to Amanda. She said, you guys are great. I'm coming too. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, but, but also as well, you think about how much noise there is out there. There's so many gyms, so many businesses trying to advertise and get in front of people. People are just bombarded with a message every single day. So if there's a way that you can get around that noise and get straight in front of somebody with a referral, then why would you not do it? Yeah, no, it's a hundred percent true. A hundred percent true. And so, I mean, obviously square footage plays a capacity concern here, but I mean, if leads, traffics and clients, all these things were hypothetically unlimited. I mean, how much higher could you guys go? Uh, well, funnily enough, I was uh, I was talking about this the other day with, with somebody, but uh, we are kind of limited not by our space. Actually, we don't utilize our space as best as we could. Oh, wow. It's the site that we're on and parking is a big issue for us. So yeah, if we uh... could somehow get around the parking issue, <laughs> um, then we could probably get up to I don't know what, what the capacity be two, 250 members maybe. And obviously then you've got the capacity to open other sites. You know, we've got strong brands, strong sense of what we are as a business. I think our product's good. So um, certainly once we max out the capacity of this uh, one site that we have at the minute, then there's no reason why we couldn't open other sites. But you know, obviously on the question of this one site, we, if we could figure out the parking situation and have more available parking, get more people in the door at any one time, then, um, we could certainly be at a much higher number than that 150, 175 cap that I suggested earlier on. So yeah, that's kind of the challenge that we face where we are. Um, but then again, finding facilities or finding property where we have all that available space and the type of unit that we need for our type of fitness is one of the big challenges as well. So it's not quite as easy, easier said than done, let's put it that way. Yeah, no, I understand that completely. And I appreciate the transparency there. I think that's big. And I think a lot of people don't realize like when it comes to location, like how much a factor parking truly is. Right. Um, and so now, and I know this from experience and, and maybe you can tell me otherwise, but you know, anything over 50 members, you know, 
is a lot to maintain and a lot to handle. So how are you able to track, manage, and, and understand, you know, how long someone's been with you, you know, where they are on their journey, if they're looking to cancel? How do you track those metrics? Well, of course, we've got membership management software that we use. Um, but in all honesty, we are such a small knit group and a tight knit community that we know what's going on. We know we know when people haven't been showing up. Uh, I think I think that's the benefit of a small gym, of a community gym. You know, we kind of see firsthand the trends of people turning up and when people start to kind of lose interest and their attendance starts to waver ever so slightly. We haven't seen them in a week or two. We know when they're on, well, more often than not, we know where, when they're on holiday. So we know that that's not necessarily a, uh, a reason to be concerned because we just know everybody and their families pretty much as if they're friends. You know, we chat to them as if they're friends. So keeping track of what our members are doing. Yeah, okay, the data that we have through our membership management software is useful to us. And of course, there are people that come through the door that we maybe haven't had enough time face to face with them to build that strong relationship. So we do use that data to see when their last classes were to see when they become disengaged as a member, and then obviously try and reach out to them and try and re-engage with them at some point. But for the bulk of our members, we just have such a close knit relationship with them that we know when they're not turning up and we know there's something that's not quite right and we need to figure out what we need to do to get them back in the gym and get them back on classes so that they stay there long term. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's true. I think that's the biggest thing when you have that tight knit community that that's kind of the, the, the benefit of having that, right. When they, you kind of know everybody on a first name basis, last name basis, it really goes to that extent. And so I want to ask a little bit of a longer winded question here, but a good question in itself, right? I mean, in the fitness and gym world, there's only so many areas of improvement you can actually improve on. And so in your opinion here, Craig, I mean, it's either going to be number one, lead generation, marketing, getting people through your door two acquisition and conversions, right? Getting somebody to go from an interested client to a paying client. And then it's going to be retention and ascension, just keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So going into next year, you know, finishing up quarter four here, I mean, what do you feel like is your biggest area of improvement in those, between those three? Well, certainly lead generation. Um, I mean, I won't speak for other gym owners, but I would imagine that a lot of gym owners aren't marketers, right? Their area of expertise and their area of interest is in the fitness industry. So putting them in front of a computer and saying, right, come up with your marketing campaign, your lead generation campaign, all your content is probably out of a lot of people's comfort zone. And for me, it's certainly not an area of expertise for me. So I know for a fact that we can improve our marketing, our lead generation, our social media. We do this, some of that stuff quite well, I think. Um, but there's certainly improvements to be made. So um, the second point was obviously as you get people through the door. Well, we find that when we get people through the door, we tend to convert a lot of them anyway. I think the community speaks for itself. The programming, the coaching, the facility, it all speaks for itself. So that's not necessarily a massive concern for us. Our goal is just to get as many people through the door so that we can prove to them that we're the place to be um, and that they want to be part of our community. We want to have them as part of our community as well. Um, retention is also an important thing, as of course. So, you know, as with any gym memberships, you have a, f a fair few people uh, fall off. And you obviously have different times of the year. I'm not sure quite like what it's like different places around the world, maybe in warmer climates where you don't have a horrible winter like we have here in the UK, then motivation stays higher throughout the entire year. But sort of this time of year for us, as the weather starts to change, the mornings are dark and well, let's be honest, you don't really want to get out of bed, out of bed when it's raining and freezing cold and dark um, and the evenings are starting to draw in. Then you start to see motivation drop off. Um, so you know, this time of year, we expect to have more drop-offs than we would have, say, during the summer. So anything that we can do to try and keep those members on board long-term, and especially through these difficult times in the winter, um, is, is going to be a benefit to us. So I'd say those first two points, or sorry, number point number one and point number three that you said there, lead generation and the retention, but certainly lead generation is that number one thing that we could improve next year and are planning on improving. I love that. I love that. I, 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 I appreciate the transparency again, because I think for the viewers, especially the fact that they could, that you can number one, put success to the side and still admit there's areas of improvement. I think it's a big eye opener, right? Cause a lot of people will see the amount of members that you're at and be like, wow, there's more to do. You know, and I think that's, 
that's it's true. There's there's never there's never that that ceiling. I mean, it's kind of something that you kind of create on yourself. But uh, the fact yeah, that you, you don't have that, yeah, you, you want to get to a well, at least I want to get to a point where the system works, right? So we know what we're doing from a social media standpoint. We know what we're doing from a marketing standpoint, and it's a case of just turning that marketing on and off if we ever need it. But we want to really get to a point where we have a trickle of leads coming through the door and we know what percentage roughly we're converting and we know roughly what percentage of people or what number of people have fallen off the back end as well. So as long as that numbers then is a nice steady growth, obviously towards an increase in number, then there's happy days. And that's kind of what you want to work towards. This gets frustrating when you kind of always feel like you're taking two, two steps forward, one step back, um, which at times it has felt like that. Um, but yeah, there's certainly the lead generation, the marketing, the social media side of it, which, like I say, are not necessarily areas of my expertise, um, are things that we're having to learn as we go along, getting that sorted, um, and working efficiently is, is a, is a game changer really. Yeah. Yeah, man, Craig, I'll tell you what, that was a mic drop of an answer, but I got two more questions for you, man. So we can't close <laughs> it out there. Uh, you know. I, 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 I'm curious, man, what's the bigger picture? I know you kind of alluded to some of it earlier, but let's say five, 10 years down the road, what are you trying to accomplish with United Strength? If you can give us like a 30 second elevator pitch, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, well, this is an interesting one because I think about this all the time. Um, actually, I actually have, I run another business as well. So actually United Strength isn't my main business. Oh wow. I say, well, they're all, they're all just as important as one another, of course. So, um, but I do also think about what I want to do with it moving forward. And it's, it's, it's certainly an interesting thought and uh, a interesting exercise that I go through in my own head, but I would just love to see it expand. You know, I think what we have is, is really quite special. It's more than just, I explain it as more than just a gym membership it is membership to a community. It's a lifestyle that you're buying into, not just a gym membership. And I really believe that like, like I said, I wasn't lying earlier on when I said we quite often, lots of people in the gym, we go out on nights out, we go out for dinner, we go out to the pub, we go out on dog walks. It's not just gym membership, it is our social lives for many people. And I would love to see that expand into different facilities, different locations around the country. Um, certainly in the immediate area where we are now, there's scope, 100% of scope for expanding into multiple businesses. Um, and I suppose what I really want people to, get out of membership at United Strength and then ultimately what they might get out of membership at a second or third or fourth location is just that pure enjoyment out of working out, but going to see, not necessarily going to a United Strength location just to work out, but going there to have a social life, going there because there's friendly, smiley faces there. Um, you know, not just going in and having an hour's worth of workout and then leaving, spending two, three hours there just chatting, chilling, drinking coffee, maybe working out of the gym. You know, that's what we do. You know, I, I go in there every single day. If I'm not obviously working and coaching, I'll spend three or four hours just chatting to people and doing a little bit of working out, have a little bit of coffee here or there, have a little snack, more people come in, they sit down before their workout. And it's just, it's just different to your typical gym membership. You know, I, whenever I used to go to a big box gym, people put their headphones in, heads down, don't want to make eye contact with anybody. They just want to get their workout done, leave. It's almost like it's a little bit of a chore. Of course, everybody has different perspective on what fitness is to them. And there are people that go to those type of gyms that obviously get a lot out of it. But I don't want it to be just that for everybody. I want people to really, really enjoy just and be excited to turn up at the gym, not least because the facility is good, not least because the programming is exciting and varied, not least because the coaching is fantastic, but because they know they're going to turn up to 10, 20, 30 people that all know them by name, know their kids' names, know their husbands' names, maybe went out last Friday. So they've got some funny stories to tell. And it's more than just simply going there, working out and then leaving. Like it's some sort of chore that you have to do to keep it fit and healthy. I want it to be like two birds and one stone. Kill, tick that box for your social, your social interaction for the day, but at the same time, tick that box for your exercise. Man, that's awesome. That's all. Again, Craig, another mic drop of an answer there. But I got one more for you, man. And uh, really curious to see your response on this. You know, um, 
I think you've been open since 2021. Is that correct? Yeah. So we opened uh, the day that gyms could reopen after lockdown. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So if you could go back in time here, Craig, to when you first started the gym, sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started? What would that advice be for you? What would that advice be? That's a tough question. Um, might have to give me a minute here to think about this through. What would it be? I think... Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to harp on about the same thing here, really. So I don't want to give you the same answer over again. But ultimately, the thing that worked for us from day one was making people feel like they were somewhere more than a gym. We we benefit a lot of coming out of the back of lockdown. Obviously, um, we had never been open before. So a lot of people had been members of other gyms. They'd dealt with their other gyms throughout lockdown. Obviously, some had positive experiences, some didn't in terms of continuing to pay and support um, their other gyms. And ultimately, it seems like a lot of people were willing or keen to try a different gym for whatever reason. I know that a lot of people came out with a bit of sour taste out of, uh, in their mouths about what happened in lockdown with some of their gym memberships. So we had a lot of people come through the door from different gyms of a similar style um, right as we opened our doors. And... Uh, we know that they instantly felt well the feedback that we got at least was that they instantly felt welcomed when simultaneously they were almost treated like they were traitors or whatnot from their previous gyms once it was out that they were turning up at a competing facility in the local area so just you know that making people feel like they belonged somewhere really paying attention to who they are what they are being interested in them and then treating them like friends. Um, I think that's ultimately what was the most important thing and what really kept people um, or kept people coming back once they came through the door for the first time. Uh, on top of that as well, I mean, one thing I just thought of as, as well, when we opened our doors in April, 2021, we kind of took the mindset that it wasn't necessarily about how much money we made from day one. Um, we knew that obviously people would be keen to get back into the gym after lockdown. We knew that there was a lot of people that would go back to their previous gyms. So we took that stance that, okay, well, it doesn't really matter how much money we make month one and month two. It's more about the long-term financial viability of the business. So we ended up putting out a ridiculous promotion and offering people free membership for the first month, the first hundred people, free memberships, um, that responded to us on Instagram um, and ended up getting 100 people through the door day one. Obviously, not all of those converted into members, um, but I think you've also got to be realistic about expectations, about what promotions you put out there, about realistic growth expectations, um, but also not being, uh, this, and this is difficult because it's obviously circumstantial, but we took a very relaxed approach to begin with. We weren't desperate desperate to take money day one so we could take that more relaxed approach whereas people didn't feel like they were being sold people didn't feel like they were being pressured into joining they felt like we were being genuine they felt like we were um very relaxed about the whole thing and i think that obviously then just spread into being a more relaxed and more welcoming environment whereas you know i think if we had been in a different situation and we really needed the money day one and we were pressuring people and selling people um people might have just been a bit like standoffish and and not quite as keen to stick around i agree i hope that answers your question yeah no 100 percent. it definitely does i think that again a big perspective for the viewers here because i think they need to understand that i think they need to understand that if you can get people through the door that's the biggest thing right it, yeah 100 i mean that's the challenge with any business right uh obviously the first step is getting people through the door None of the other stuff matters if you can't get them through the door. So, <laughs> exactly. You know, 
Um, so, obviously, there's just as important things once you get them through the door, but that first step is, in my experience, one of the most challenging ones um, and, of course, one of the most important ones. There we go. There we go. Look, it's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, Craig, if you have any social media, Facebook, website, please let the viewers know where can we find out more about you and the gym? Of course, yeah, United Strength. So you can find us online on our website, unitedstrength.co.uk. Uh, social media, you'll have United Strength UK on both Facebook and on Instagram. There you go. So yeah, come check us out. It's uh, uh, obviously you get a good look at the facility. It's a pretty interesting place. So not not uh, not your standard gym, not least what we offer, but also the facility, the building. Uh, it's got a bit of character to it. So certainly worth checking out. There we go, Craig. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. Don't forget, if you could stick around for two more seconds, I just want to let you know how you can get the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. I'm just going to go ahead and sign everybody else out over here, okay? Perfect. Awesome. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come and join us and talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.